Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. All right, last chapter of the evening, I think. City of Ghosts, chapter seven. The lane's end reminds me of that scene in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix where Harry arrives at the Order's headquarters, which actually is Sirius Black's house, but is hidden by a spell. One of the wizards taps on the stones out front and the buildings side apart to reveal the headquarters and sandwiched in between. The lane's end is like that a gray building tucked between two other gray buildings together they sit still like two books on a shelf or their stone spines running along without any gaps between their rooftops dotted with by chimneys then we ring the bell on the bright red door an older woman answers she has rosy cheeks and fair skin and a fat white cat twinning between her ankles oh twining oh my gosh a black cat and a white cat oh hello says the woman you must be the but Blakes. Like that we have a black and white truck. Oh my gosh, that's true. How funny. Binks and Paris are in this book. I'm Miss Weathershire. I run the lanes in. Come in. The, the four-year walls are covered in old-fashioned portraits, faces that stare off into space. An arched doorway on the right leads to the sitting room at the end of the hall. A, sweep, a steep wooden staircase rises up like a tree. As Miss... As... Miss Weathershire rattles off details about our stay. I wander towards the stairs. Jacob falls into falls into step behind me, but it's haunted. I think everything's haunted, but but with Lane's Inn, it's hard to tell. It's so old, sure, but it doesn't always mean. A pipe rattles in the walls and footsteps sound overhead. Jacob raises his eyebrows. Well, maybe. At the base of the stairs, I let my eyes trail up this landing, only to find a girl staring down at me. She's about my age, dressed in a crisp white button-down and pleated skirt. She has light brown skin and glossy black hair pulled back into a neat braid. She stares at me unblinking, and I stare back because there's something strange about her. Familiar. I can't shake the feeling that I've seen her before, even though I know I haven't. Cassidy, Dad calls. I tear my gaze away from the backtrack, passing Grimm's crate. Miss, oh, away and backtrack, passing Grimm's crate. Backtrack. Can I talk? My goodness. No. Miss Weathershire's fluffy white cat is sticking a claw, a curious paw through the bars. Grimm shoots me a look that's half pleading, half murder. And I scoop up the crate and take it with me into the sitting room. The ceiling is high, the walls lined with books, and there's a fireplace flanked by a pair of couches cropped by a chair. The layout reminds me of the three seats in the cab driver's story, but there's no gentleman ghost, just mom and dad and Miss Weathershire. I sit down, I set down Grimm's cage and sink onto one of the sofas, then yelp when I keep sinking into the cushion that's folding in around me like quicksand. Mom offers her, offers her hand and hauls out, hauls me out as Miss Weathershire sets a teapot 
and a tray on the table. My stomach rumbles. No matter how much food you eat on a plane, you never feel satisfied. Biscuits, Miss Weathershire offered, passing me a plate, which are definitely cookies. She can call them whenever she wants, so as long as I can help myself. I'm just reaching for the plate when the footsteps sound again overhead. This time, we all look up. Oh, don't mind that, said Miss Weathershire. It's probably just my husband. Will we be meeting him, Dad asks. Our host gives him a small laugh. I shouldn't think so. Mr. Weathershire's been dead for nine, oh my gosh, for nine on eight years. Or for nay on eight years. Her smile never even wavers. T? Oh gosh. It's her husband, but her husband's dead. Jacob gives me a long look, and I don't need to be able to read his mind to know that what he's thinking. Definitely haunted. He may be right, but I'm not about to find out. I have a rule about crossing the veil in places where, I've, where I have to sleep. I don't do it. Sometimes it's really, it is really better not to know. Now, says Mrs. Weathershire, pouring tea, what brings you to this fair city? As a matter of fact, Mom says, we're filming a show about ghosts. Oh, says our host, taking up her cup of tea. Well, you won't have to look far. No, her, spill the tea. Spill the tea, girl. My, my, Reginald, I, oh, his name is Reginald. My Reginald, Reggie, okay, got it. My Reginald was quite fond of Edinburgh's dead, but a bit of an obsession, really. She nods at the bookshelf that lines the sitting room wall. Went around collecting stories from locals for years. Kept them in those logs here. Mom perks up at the mention of stories while Dad brightens at the mention of something written. Really, Dad says? Already halfway to his feet. May I? Help yourself. When Dad's collected a stack of journals and Mom's finished her tea, I've eaten enough cookies to feel vaguely sick. Mrs. Weathershile rises from her seat. Well then, she says, I'll show you to your flat. A flat, apparently, is a British word for an apartment, even though there's nothing flat about the three flights of stairs we have to climb to get there. When we reach the first landing, there's no sign of a black-haired girl or anyone else. Mom informs me that in Scotland, an elevator is called a lift, which would actually make sense if the building had one. Mom also explained that the lane's end is a lodging house, which apparently is like a small hotel full of apartments. I mean flats, instead of regular hotel rooms. There are two flats per room, and when we reach the third landing, Mrs. Weathershire finally stops at the door with brass 3B and produces an old-fashioned key. Here we are. The door groans open with a noise like a scary movie sound effect with a scary movie sound effect with the space is beyond cozy and clean there are two bedrooms and a living room with an old fire with an old hearth fire a sofa that looks less less likely to eat me and a writing desk beneath a large window mom and dad linger on the landing chatting with mr weather mrs weathershire if you need anything she said i'm just down on the first floor meanwhile i feel grim I free Grimm of his travel crate, and he darts under the sofa. I wander over to the window above the desk, and the glass is fogged up. But when I run my hands across the cool surface, I'm startled to find the castle waiting on the other side. Okay, my thought is, what if the cat has to go pee? Is there a litter box set up? Like, that cat's going to have an accident. Remember, the old baby has a cat, too. I know, but they're in their own room. They must. But, like, you know when you go somewhere and you have to have a new place, you have to show the cat with the litter boxes. Otherwise, he's going to do a, a tinkle and a dookie. I'm just saying. <laughs> Jacob, I say softly. Oh, oh, uh, no. Other side. Uh, here, let me start over. Sorry. 
I got distracted. Across the cool surface, I'm startled to find the castle waiting on the other side. It looms over a landscape of peaked rooftops and stone chimneys, and I'm struck all over again by the view. More fairy tale than ghost story. Jacob, I say softly, you've really got to see this. But Jacob doesn't answer. I turn around. He's not there. I check the bathroom. I find a cloth of the bathtub. It is literally has monsters monstrous talons for talons for feet like the bottom half of a gargoyle that's been hollowed out but no jacob jacob oh jacob i hiss checking the first bedroom nothing i enter the second and find him standing on the foot of the bed his eyes trained on something hidden behind the door jacob he doesn't blink doesn't move as i slip behind the behind him into the room i see what he's staring at a mirror a large mirror and a gilt framed propped against the wall. At first, I think that he's seen something strange in the reflection, but then I realize that the reflection itself that snagged his attention. I follow his gaze and still go on. Can it see him? I don't know. Let's see. But I think he doesn't have a shadow or a reflection, she said. Yeah, but like... Maybe he sees himself. I follow his gaze and still go to the and go still the hair on my arm standing on one end you okay yeah i had like a ringing in my ear oh weird did it go away yeah oh goodness good there are two jacobs one beside me and one in the mirror he has a reflection but they're not the same the jacob besides me is the one i know but the one in the mirror is grayed grayed out and gaunt his shirt and jeans look soaked river water pulling at his feet I'm not easily spooked these days, but seeing him like that, it scares me. The Jacob of the mirror looks dead. I stop. I don't let myself think of the word Jacob, I say, but my voice doesn't seem to register. His eyes are focused and empty at the same time, and I reach. I think so. And I reach out to shake his shoulders, but of course my hands go straight through him. In the end, I have to step between him and his reflection to break the line of sight. Jacob. He blinks, taking a small, shuffling step back. What was that? I ask. His words are slow, sluggish. I, I don't know. He shivers as if cold and turns away, drifting out of the room without another word. I turn back to the mirror, half expecting to see the other, other Jacob still standing there. But it's just me. I head back into the living room where dad's charging his phone and mom's unpacking. Jacob is perched on the sofa. He gazes his gaze strange and distant are you okay i think collapsing into the couch beside him he nodded absently outside the sun vanishes behind clouds and the room suddenly darkens it's like stepping through the veil everything goes gray ominous mom puts her hand on her hips and looks around this is delightful she said without even a hint of sarcasm she turns to me any sign any sign of our resident ghost I assume she means Mr. Weathershire and not Jacob, so I shake my head. Probably just a large cat and some old pipes, Dad says. Mom winds her hair down into a messy bun. You're no fun, she says, kissing his cheek. You're twice as much, he retorts, cleaning his glasses. I stifle a yawn. A second later, Dad yawns too. Oh, here I go now. Oh, don't you dare chirps, Mom. We have to stay awake. It's only the way, only way to fight jet lag. Jet lag is apparently what happens when you fly overseas at night and your body hasn't had time to catch up with the clocks. 
I curl up against the couch while dad calls the producers to let them know that we've arrived. The crew is flying in tomorrow from London and they'll come meet us as we, as will our local guide. Dad wanders to the bedroom, talking logistics, but I suspect he really just wants to take a nap. I yawn again and close my eyes, but mom grabs my shoulder. Come on, she says, dragging me to my feet. It's such a nice day. I glance out the window. It looks like rain, but mom is not having it. She tosses a raincoat into my arms. Good thing we came prepared. I glance back at the couch, but Jacob's gone. And before I can go looking for him, mom hooks her arm around through mine, hauling me towards the door. I only managed to get a free to free long enough to grab my camera. As we stop out into the gray day, a fine mist fills the street, turning people to shadows. Gulls screech by. Somewhere in the distance, a church bell, like seagulls, gulls. A church bell rings. So this is Scotland, I think. How haunted can it be? Oh, yeah, her last famous last words. How bad can it be? How haunted can it be? How how fill in the blank can it be? Right? That's it. That's it. That's Do you want to take the book? No. Do you want to take that out of your hair so it's not pulling? No, I like it. Okay. Ooh, this this book is actually so cute. Okay, I'm a grown up and I like books like this. It's so cute. I wish I would have loved reading when I was in high school and middle school. Wah.